Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Today's show was made possible by a lot of people. Our amazing producer, Maria Wortel, both of our mothers, our interns, and as always, Solange Knowles. But you know who else we would be proud to partner up with as a sponsor of an episode? You. If you own a business and you'd like to work with us, or you work for a brand that you think could be a good fit, contact us at fyi at shoesoffatpod.com. There's been a, I would say, an, a big um, increase in the amount of like fat book narratives I've seen. Whether in, it's like, an influx, a fat inf- influx. A fat, a fat, a fat flux? A fat flux. Hashtag fat flux. Maria, Hashtag. is that the name of the episode? Hashtag fat flux. Text. It sounds a, like an illness. Yeah, it does. Like, if you have fat flux. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I have. Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat. The podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss children's programming, hashtag iWay, and our favorite fat books of 2018. April. Yes. How are you today? <laughs> She's surviving. Yeah. Yay, surviving. And me as well. <laughs> what are you obsessed with Get this through. week? Okay, this week, a couple things. First, a pop slash RMB recommendation. Okay, so I've talked about this artist before. Her name is Her. We don't know her real name. Mind your business. Okay. <laughs> She's anonymous. Amazing. Um, I love her. So she had a new like mini album slash mixtape come out this weekend, which I did not hear about, but I saw like a recommendation on YouTube that she performed on Jimmy Fallon. And I was like, okay, I love a live performance. I'm going to click. It was beautiful. And it's just like this song about how like her boyfriend should feel lucky to be her boyfriend because she's amazing. And I'm like, awesome. go off, girl. She's a beautiful voice, voice of an angel. She's like our generation's like Whitney Houston, literally. She's so beautiful. So I would check out her and check out her new mixtape. She's an icon. <laughs> So tell me that, tell me that, tell me on the best I yeah. I'll be feeling like yes, I am, I am. You know I'm the best I am. You be food and I take Um, next thing I am obsessed with. This is something I tweeted over the summer when we were on break. Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures. <laughs> and I'm dead ass serious. Okay, honestly <laughs> though, like last night, Emma and Lindsay and I watched two of the like drama episode length things of Monster High that okay, are on okay. Netflix. Barbie Dreamhouse was recommended. And honestly, Monster High was kind of iconic. It's funny. I've seen Monster High too. So we're both on our on our <laughs> kids show shit. I love children's programming. I'm so sorry. Because usually what it is is they have to make it a little bit like nuanced because they know the parents are watching. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see like what messages the kids are getting, how they're getting and them. And it's funny to see the moments when you can tell adults wrote it. Yes, exactly. When they try to put in their little jokes. Yeah. And then it's, it's for me and, yeah. I, and I see it. And I, sometimes I don't like that, but sometimes I really like that. Depends on the writer. Depends on what's going on. Um, I love Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures because Barbie 
Barbie's been going through this rebrand for the past like five or six years. Started on Instagram and then like bled to her YouTube page where she's just like, now she's a feminist icon. Now she has like a very diverse group of friends and she's teaching girls like the importance of therapy and like self care and like learning to respect yourself and the people around you. And she's just like an incredible person to look up to. I've seen a couple like clips of it on Twitter and it's always captioned like her mind or like Like, Barbie did that. Barbie is the future. Barbie for president. I'm not kidding everybody. So my sister and I binge watch season one summer in like two days oh my god and we're really into it i mean there's an episode where she competes on american ninja warrior but for baking and like the the game is rigged against her but she still finds a way to succeed by like believing in herself and like relying on her family like she's so incredible so season two just started um so far there's an episode that takes place from the perspective of her four puppies and it's incredible oh my god (laughs) they have different voices and one of them's black wow (laughs) i really like that um, and then finally this week, I'm obsessed with the book Good and Mad by Rebecca Traster. So I like, I really like Rebecca Traster. Um, so we love our friends over at CYG and they did this amazing interview with Rebecca Traster about this book. So it's a book about women's anger and how like women's anger has fueled political movements for like centuries, but we don't learn about it in school from that lens. We learn right. about it as just like Rosa Parks, you know, decided it was time to like sit and not like she was furious about a bunch of different things. And, and so they organized. An organized person, yeah, like, exactly. She's quite an organized movement, and she was it's like so selected. Not by that. No, exactly. It's just, just like very. It does nothing to serve the children by not teaching it like that. Mm. Like I feel like the way it was taught to me was like she was just a nice housekeeper yeah, exactly. taking care of white families, and then one day she was too she was tired pissed, from yeah. her honest work, <laughs> her honest good American work. Right. And I know that like they specifically selected her so that that would be the story because that's easy to digest but like it's not the truth so it's interesting to like hear not only that story but all these other political movements that it's like when you really get down to it it was just like one lady was really pissed and she started screaming and then like shit happened yeah and i also like the book because she like from the beginning from the intro talks about how she's going to explore like in this current political time, not only like women's anger fueling politics, but also like black women and white women being angry at each other and how like that sort of anger is being used to like motivate people and also like not motivate people and alienate people and sort of just like this really important intersectionality piece about like how these different things affect different people because of their different identities. So I appreciate that. I think she's a great writer and it's been therapeutic to read so far. I'm like halfway through. That's awesome. And it just, it just feels good. It's just like, this is what it looks like. This is what rage looks like. A lot of women have experienced it and usually it helps to get things done, even though men are like, stop screaming. Oh my God. <laughs> so I love it. I would check out that book and we will link to it in the show notes. Finally, I'm obsessed with... <laughs> I'm obsessed with the gall of some of you out there. (laughs) So listen. (laughs) April literally begged me for the chance to go off on this. (laughs) Okay, so for some context. um, A couple episodes back, Soph talked about, you know, boundaries and how a lot of people, I think, have taken Soph's uh, kindness and openness on the podcast, I think, for granted and have used that as an excuse to, like, ask her a lot of really inappropriate probing questions that like again i do not get at all (laughs) i only get them on like our shared accounts so i just think that's really interesting (laughs) but like don't try it and a lot of you responded really positively to when soph talked about it and were supportive and understanding which is you know all that we can ask for you and so thank you for that some people however have heard that episode digested it and then it decided to like like knowingly bypass it it's not the first one i've gotten not the first one and all i'm saying is listen we love y'all we do this pod 
for us and also for you, that needs to be the last message Soph gets. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm done. I so appreciate our listeners, and I'm so happy you're here, and you've been growing with us for three seasons, and that's amazing. And it's not all of you. It's just, like, ten There's of you like who don't know how to act, and, like, you've got to reel it in. You decide how you use your time, yeah. where your emotional labor goes, and you're allowed to say no, and I would encourage you to say no more often. Thank you. Like, no. <laughs> Here's this is what it sounds like. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, we, we have a folder in our inbox that's just absolutely not slash no, because some of you are tripping and I'm never responding. Some of you like, I'm so happy you're here and you totally get the podcast and you're so supportive. And that's like 98% of you. Yeah. But that 2%, y'all need to shut the fuck up. This is wild. So anyway, yeah, my final obsession is just people who really continue to try it. Thank and, you. Uh, I would advise you to no longer try that. I appreciate you. You're for saying so that. welcome. <laughs> um, so, what are you obsessed with? Um, I'm obsessed with you. Thank you for being so smart and strong. Thank you so much. <laughs> and able to just get shit done. Um, okay, I finished this book. My friend Kelly and I both got this book to read. It's called Akata Witch, and it's by Nettie Okorafor. Um, and that person she's like a professor has a phd and like is clearly very smart and (laughs) intelligent and educated some YA books are written by people who like are trying to make a point and that's very clear in it and then sometimes you read a book and it's like oh this person is able to like sprinkle in all this information in here and like sprinkle in all this nuance and like references to other things and it's like so well done that i like i'm admiring it as like craft yeah and it's that kind that's dope which is really good her twitter bio is the nij american n-a-i-j american nij american phd holding world fantasy hugo and nebula award-winning rudimentary cyborg author of sci-fi african futurism black panther and mystical realism this is intense she's so cool (laughs) she's so cool there's a lot going on um she's written a lot of stuff another novel that she wrote who fears death was like optioned by h Yeah, but it's just really cool. So it's this YA book called Akata Witch, and it's about, like, a girl in Africa who is, like, African and American. Like, she was raised here part of the time, and then her family goes back. And um, she's albino, and then she finds out that she, like, has magical powers, and there's, like, a whole magical world and stuff that she gets pulled into. Um, And I believe it's set in Western Africa. It was really good just, like, as a book itself, but I also, like, I've talked to you about this a little bit. I just really enjoyed, like, reading it and being, like, okay, cool, Um, this is really well written and some of the like story patterns in here and some of the ways these conversations are happening are so very clearly not your like Western European. Mm -hmm. Anytime any white guy tries to like break the rules of storytelling, it's just always bad. You know what I mean? Whereas like hero's journey type stuff, it's just one way of something feeling familiar. Mm -hmm. Like it's really cool when you realize that the things that feel satisfying in a narrative are just satisfying because you've been told that's like, you've seen so many stories like that, but there's other kinds of story patterns and there's other kinds of ways for heroes to be shown and other kinds of cultural values that get shown in stories. Mm -hmm. And this one is really interesting because it both follows a more traditional Western canon style, like buildings, Roman kind of like, person finds out they have young person finds out they have powers and then figures out how to fight something big mm-hmm. but there's also clear combinations of other cultural shit that I just have no idea about mm-hmm. and that's 
really fun. Most YA fantasy novels are referencing either like European history or they're referencing the Bible. Mm -hmm. And this one is not. It's referencing other shit that I have no idea about. And so I pulled afterwards, I pulled out my like little book about (laughs) African history. I pulled out my like African short stories books. Like that's my, I mean, that's why I majored in comparative literature. I just, that's my favorite thing. But yeah, I just love YA fantasy. And I also love like skillful writing that is something I could never do mm-hmm. because it necessarily comes from an identity vantage point I don't have. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's very cool. Yeah. A lot of people are scared of like exploring cuz it's so like literally foreign to them yeah. that they're kind of scared or at least not interested in exploring something so different. So that's cool that you're like ready to jump in. Also, she like writes some of the comic books for Shuri. Oh my goodness. Yeah, isn't that, that is cool? very cool. Isn't that cool? I want a Shuri spin-off. I know. That's my main thing. Um, I started doing Pilates, which I really like. I'm now going to, my goal is to be a hot Pilates mom. <laughs> Lauren Conrad by 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm enjoying it a lot. I don't get too sweaty during it, but I feel really worked out. The whole thing of Pilates is like lengthening your muscles mm-hmm. and it feels really, really good on my I'm muscles. Glad. Oh my goodness. And tune into our exercise episode, which we'll talk about a little bit later for more discussion of muscles and stretching. And finally, one that I got in the outline before you, but we're going to both talk about it. <laughs> April started watching Manifest as she talked about last week. Yes. And then I started watching Manifest. And now you're fully caught up. And now I'm fully caught up. <laughs> you referenced this week's episode. It's so very bad. It's a great show. It's very bad. Okay. So spoiler alert. If you have not watched the new hit, drama from NBC called Manifest. You can skip ahead or listen and then also watch it on Hulu because it's a phenomenal show. Okay, so if you remember, I talked about the premises. These people get on a plane. they Their flight lands and they find out that they've been gone for five and a half years. Oh my god. <laughs> they haven't aged at all, but they've missed five and a half years of life. Um, so I literally, my sister and I started watching the show ironically, as I said earlier. That's incredible. But we really got sucked in, especially this week, because the characters are so vivid. Like, you cannot take that lead the leo love story are you even okay know, after that it's really good but like also this main girl is not a good actor she's not great but she's not my favorite character her brother is my favorite character yeah yeah he's good <laughs> he's great he's really good i love the diverse cast i'm like hooked on these stories Very diverse I, cast, I care about yeah. that i honestly care about them i want to know what happened my working theory is that they went to heaven they became like angels or like junior angels or like agents of angels <laughs> And they, like, came back to, like, act out God's yeah, will. Yeah, I think they're all supposed to save each other somehow. Somehow. You know, there's something they're supposed to be saving each other from. So I'm excited. I love Manifest. I can't believe I'm watching a network television I show. Know. <laughs> but, like, here we are. Yeah. Jeez. You know, we gotta do what we gotta do. To survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where did the plane go? Where did it go? Where were they? They jumped through time. <laughs> did they tess her? Anyways... Those are our obsessions for the week. All right. Let's move on to our Apple Podcast review shout outs. You all know the drill. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever other app, but also Apple Podcasts. And we'll read your name or your username here on the show. Um, You could like troll us by putting a weird username. No one's done that so far, but you know, you could. Okay. Thank you so much to Bree Rock 8121666, K Madden 21, Megan Daly. Noel, Philly, darker underscore Lynn, (laughs) financially savvy librarian, iconic, and SJ in the city. Thank y'all so much for your reviews. 
we need them to prove to people why they should invest their money in us. Thank you. Absolutely. And now we're moving on to our Patreon shout-outs. These are people who have become patrons at patreon.com. Who have actually (laughs) invested their money in us. Who have actually, and we thank you so much. Yeah. They have become patrons at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. Some of their names are Sarah Stans, Shelly Mann, Audrey Martin, Allison Little, Allison Pascariello, Irene Vasquez. There you go. Thank y'all so much for supporting us. We love you. We appreciate you. You're the best. Um, and finally, let's move on to, we have a couple corrections this okay. episode. First of all, I just want to say that a couple people let me know that I said like, okay, I re-listened by the way, and I said it's something like 23. <laughs> Do you want to provide some context for our listeners, please? Yeah. Okay. So when we were talking about not being ready to be parents, I was like, the average age of giving birth is something like 23. And then like 50 people were like, it's 26. And I was like, well, that is something like 23, to be fair. I can't believe you went back and listened. Well, I was like, did I say it? It was at, because I didn't think I said like, it's definitely 23 because I didn't actually know. Okay. I just knew that it was younger than I am now. Okay. Um, Which is 800. <laughs> um, Jeez. But... Yeah, so I guess the actual average age for giving birth in the U.S. is 26. So sorry. thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, also, got to give it a, a hashtag sorry, Lindsay. Sorry, she got Lindsay. mad at me yesterday for posting that she farted on Instagram. <laughs> Humiliating. <laughs> Why would you do that? Everyone farts. Everyone farts. Sorry about your it's fart, just Lindsay. funny. <laughs> sorry. Cheese louise All right, so let's move on to our call for submissions. So as we mentioned last week, we have an episode coming up about exercise, a sequel, because we have done one before. Yeah. But we are going to talk some more about finding ways to move your body in a way that's joyful and like our exercise journeys and some of your exercise journeys. So if you have something you want to share about figuring out how to exercise in in a way that's non-punishing and has been uh, helpful to you, Mm -hmm. send us a voice memo. Email us. We can't wait to hear your voice. As y'all know, we have a Facebook group for our patrons who are at Team Paisley Moo Moo and above. This week in the Facebook group, people are talking about body positive workout spaces in Chicago. They're talking about how to choose a career that you love. And they're giving recommendations for wide calf boots. Very important. Very crucial. Very useful place to be. So if you want to be part of that wonderful Facebook group, literally every week someone posts like, so thankful for this space. Yeah, Love y'all. Which really is nice. like really cute and really nice. Um, then go to patreon.com slash pod and join Team Paisley Moo Moo. Also, every week now we're doing an extra whole segment for our team, I Love Bread. And you can also go to patreon.com slash pod and sign up for that if you want to hear stories that are a blast from our past join us we're having fun we're getting loose our bras are off during that segment yeah <laughs> our metaphorical bras because we're the not wearing same bras. kind of content but more special more special <laughs> and with that we should really get to the meat of it don't you think let's do it <laughs> Welcome. We're here. Jumbo. Sorry. <laughs> Jumbo, I said. Excuse me? Um. Are you trying to pull some color friendship shit in here? What are you doing? You know, that's my nightmare that people would compare us to that shit. Um, what is, <laughs> that girl's Australian accent is so funny. She's like, 
I just walked into. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's supposed to be like South, South African. African. Oh, but my it's God. so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. Anyways. Wow, I, I do love that movie, though. I love the dad's reaction. He's like, a white African? Oh Why? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, same. Okay. So, this week on The Meat of It, we are talking about some books in the fat world these days. Yeah. So, and we, I think our fir- very first episode was about, like, narratives we had seen ourselves in in mm-hmm. YA books, which, wow, what a time. What a time. Imagine how much can change in a year. So young, and now we're so old. Now we're so old and world-weary. <laughs> wow. Um, but we wanted to do another episode on books because most of the books on this list have been released in 2018 or, like, very recently. Yeah. There's been, a, I would say, an, a big um, increase in the amount of, like, fat book narratives I've seen. Whether infl- it's like, an influx. A fat inf- influx. A fat, a, fat, a fat flux. A fat flux. Hashtag fat flux. Maria, Hashtag. is that the name of the episode? <laughs> Hashtag fat flux. Text. It sounds a, like an illness. Yeah, it does. Like, if you have fat flux. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I have when I have my trigger foods. Yeah, when I have GERD. When my GERD my flares GERD, up. Yeah. It's my fat, it's my fat flux. flux. Love my GERD. My curvy GERD. <laughs> my curvy GERD. Um, yeah, no, there's definitely been a lot more books about fat people and also written about fat people and yeah. also about fatness, which is always exciting. So we wanted to get into some of those narratives. Some of them we've discovered on our own. Some of them have been sent to us, and thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of us are from our listeners that stand these books and wanted to pass them along to you. Yeah, this is not an exhaustive list, to be clear. This is just some of the books that we have decided to pull out of the hat to talk about today. Exactly. So when we're talking about books, what do you look for in a book? What I look for in a book is a pink cover. (laughs) (laughs) You look for, like, an, a silhouette of a woman's body yes. poking out of a champagne glass. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, a lot of my books do have pink covers. But, no, what I look for is, like, usually a female protagonist, if not a person of color protagonist. I In 2017, I noticed that I only read books by women. So, usually awesome. books by women. That was an accident. And I was just pissed. This year, you know. I, maybe I should revisit that rule because, again, men, you're on my shit list. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I look for that. I look for diverse characters. And I read a lot of YA because I think it, like, deals with love. It deals with coming of age. I love a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read a lot of, like, celebrity memoirs, usually by women who are writers. I read a ton of those. I have read Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, so don't DM me. <laughs> Um, yeah, what about you? I look for, like, some of the themes that I know that I like. So I know I like fantasy YA with, like, female protagonists. I know that I like books about, like, nonfiction books about women in history, like, interesting Mm -hmm. biographies of women in history or, like, social histories. I also like stories about history murders. (laughs) And I also like, like, old comedy of manners style books, Mm -hmm. you know, that are about, like, the ways we treat each other and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like the human condition, blah, blah, blah. The human condition, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. Humanity and so forth, blah, blah, blah. 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 <laughs> Same, honestly. Same. So, you know? Same. You got me. So what makes a fat book to you? Like what what makes something worthy talking about as a, as a fat book? I think either the author is fat or the main character. I would say at least the main character is fat. Yeah. Or was fat or is getting fat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or talks about their fat body at some point. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I would consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? I also consider ones where the, if the author is fat, because I think that like brings a point of view, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I also like, I don't consider it a fat book if the character is trying to get thin successfully. Oh, that's part of good it. Good note. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Yeah, there are um, books I've read that are not on this list because 
if it's a memoir, it's about somebody like talking about their weight loss in a way that's like, and then my whole life changed. Right, because exactly. Because finally, yeah, I would no, not No, that's not a fat book to me, at least. That's a no longer fat and thank God book. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, how do you deal with the fat phobia that's in like a lot of your favorite books? The thing is, it's like at the time, there's so much of that stuff that I didn't even identify because I was so used to just like taking it in. But these days, honestly, when I revisit some of my favorites and I see the fat phobia, I just like close the book. Like I can't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. Which is sad because it's like, think about how much joy people are not able to experience by like seeing so much of that. Like to me, it's just like, I can't really look past it anymore in the way that I totally could when I was younger. I don't so. look past it either, but I still read, like, if unless I read a book that's about body positivity, it's in there almost yeah, always. It's absolutely. the same as any TV show. So I often find I just kind of set it aside still. Which is really hard. And something that it's like, I don't think people realize when you're writing your book and you insist on having your like fat evil character, whatever, how much you're asking from your fat readers to just like, well, I know this is a part of you and it's about your humanity or whatever, but just ignore it so you can like read my book. Sometimes I'm capable of doing that, but sometimes I just don't got it. Yeah. But like it's in everything, but it is nice to read a fat book. And then there's like kind of a respite from that because constantly when I'm reading stuff, I'm just always like on guard for it a little bit. But I also want to read things that are not just body positive (laughs) narratives. Yeah, exactly. You know? Okay. And then also I wanted to ask you if there's any way you feel like reading a fat book is a different experience than watching um, like TV or movies that are for the fats. For sure. Because I think like if there's a fat author writing about a fat protagonist like there's less hands in the way basically whereas like if you watch a movie that's about a fat person it might be about a fat person but it might have like a white male director it probably will and like his lens will in affect the way that you see the character and the way that you experience it whereas with the book it's like you have the writer you have some editors and there's kind of like less hands muddying that narrative so it tends to be like cleaner if the if the author makes a point of like making that a important part of the work whereas yeah tv and movies there's just it takes a lot of people to make a tv show like hundreds a lot more people to make a movie and so there's a lot more chances for it to get like fucked up yeah yeah i agree with that Let's jump into it. And yeah, like we said, not an exhaustive list. Haven't read every book on this list. Have read a good amount of them and am recommending them to you. Yeah. So welcome to the first and only meeting of the She's All Fat Book Club. What's good? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Let's start with a couple nonfiction books. Of course. Okay. So I wanted to start with My Life as a Goddess by Guy Branham. So this book came out over the summer. It had a good amount of buzz because um, an excerpt from it was published in Vulture. Yeah, it was pretty good. Which is pretty cool. I'll read a little bit of that. But just about Guy. So Guy is a gay comedian. I have to say the crown looks absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Conan. Look, it's a, it's a media landscape that's just full these days. There are a lot of bald, homosexual fat guys who have books. Um, I have to distinguish <laughs> which one I am. I'm the one with the flowers. Yes, I, I, I show the book. So um, He's a comedy writer. He hosts some shows. He's like written on the mini project, Billy on the Street, which is one of my favorite shows to like watch with my family because yeah. it's just like, we all love this. <laughs> we all agree. Um, wrote on Fashion Police, RIP, Joan Rivers. And so here's a little bit of that excerpt, excerpt from the book that went like mini viral over the summer. Let's begin. 
People will continue to look at me and tell me that I'm doing it wrong. They're going to talk down to me about nutrition and exercise. They're going to treat me like a baby who cannot manage his desires. They're going to expect that. Inherent in my fatness is a lack of agency and capability. They're going to tell me I'm doing myself a disservice by not waging a war on the 40% of my body mass that isn't lean. I am always on some level going to think they're right, but I will also love my body. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to dance a lot. So I love that. I appreciate Guy because he's not like, you know, I I feel 100% happy in my body all the time. Yeah. Because he's like a fat, bald, gay comedian. Like, it's not average. You know what I mean? And so I I appreciate that he's upfront about being like, yeah, it's not perfect all the time. But also a lot of the book is him being sort of like unapologetic about his experience while also keeping it real that it was like, yeah, growing up was really hard. He's always been fat. It's been difficult. But he's got to a place in his career and his life where like he's able to work it. So I'm excited for him that's awesome um so i'm listening to the audio book version of this book right now i would recommend it if you're like a big fan of pop culture there's a lot of like uh chapters about like really obscure shit about pop culture he's like a big pop culture head like me but like even more obscure yeah if you've never read a book a memoir about by a fat person which i think a lot of people have it and you like pop culture stuff i think this would be a great place to start it's pretty accessible and i think it's just important to get in the habit of reading fat writers so that's book number one. What's next? Then we have, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Virgie Tovar's new book, You Have the Right to Remain Fat, which I have not read, but um, a couple people in the Facebook group have read it and described it kind of as like fat positivity explainer for people would be a good gift to give to friends and family perhaps for Christmas this year. Um, and also um, similarly, Landwell by Jess Baker, which came out this year. Um, I also have not had the chance to read yet, but I know a lot of people who really liked it. This really cracked me up. Woke Bay, Matt McGorry. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guys, Matt McGorry is a, um, he's an actor. He was on um, How to Get Away with Murder. He lived in the same apartment building I lived in when I first moved to LA. He was always shirtless pouting by the pool. <laughs> he wrote a Twitter review of uh, Landwell, which is cool. He okay. read it and all he right. highlighted it and he posted all these pictures of his highlights. <laughs> I read it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so part of his review is, I greatly admire Jess's vulnerability, and it made me reflect on my own expression of vulnerability in my writing and activism. Um, I really enjoyed this book, not just as a look into the mind and life of a fierce body positive activist, but as a story that covers a great deal more ground about relationships, family, trauma, and more, all with great humor and wit. Wow. Take Which, it from Matt. Take it from Matt. But also, please don't ever let a straight man call me fierce. I don't ever want <laughs> so that. So brave, so fierce, no, so fabulous. Um, and then I also just wanted to touch on, I mean, we've talked about them before, but Samantha Irby's books, um, Meaty and... We should never meet in We're real never life. meeting We're in, in real, real life. life. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what I was talking about, the difference between like a fat author and a fat subject, you know, because she some of these other books are fat authors writing about fat subjects. Samantha Irby writes about somewhat about her weight, but she mostly just writes about her life. And it's also very cool just to read about her doing like other shit and like knowing that she's fat. You yeah, know what I mean? Like it, it will, if it's not the subject matter, it will texture it the it. chapter. It will for sure inform it, which yeah. I think is great. And I just love how she's unapologetic. She's like, yeah, me and my cat are like eating in the house. Right. I'm like, love you. I would recommend either of Samantha Irby's books for anyone who likes kind of uh, confessional um, essays or humor essays. And I'd recommend, um, land whale and you have the right to remain fat for people who are looking for more explainers and um kind of positivity books 
Perfect. Cool. Cool. And now let's switch lanes. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> so sorry. Empire. <laughs> Empire. Take over everything. Something, something, everything. It's honestly really good. It's a really good song. Um, so let's talk about self-help books. So okay. this is an interesting genre of fat books. I think what's important to note is that like a lot of people will express irritation in these types of books because they're like, oh, it's 101. Why are we talking about it? What a lot of people fail to realize is most people have never heard of body positivity. I yeah. know that's wild to a lot of people listening because like they're, they were very into it before even this podcast. It's their life. It's their activism. Most people don't know what that is and they just assume that every fat person is on a diet. Yeah. So I think these, these books are very important at the beginning of my journey i read a lot of these types of books and yeah. they really helped me out and so um that this genre is alive and strong in 2018 as body positivity gets more popular and so here are a couple of those books number one body positivity power by megan jane crab okay so she is body posi panda i believe this book came out in england like a couple years ago and it just got like reprinted in mm-hmm. america i don't know yeah, so we were sent copies, which is very cool. Thank you. Um, and here's a little bit of background about Megan. So like I said, she's body posy panda. You've probably seen her on Instagram. She has like multicolored hair and she's always doing the jiggle. Yep. <laughs> she tends to do the jiggle. She's doing the jigs. A lot um, with our friend Danny Adriana a lot of times. I've seen her see them together several times, which is very cool. Um, and I also see her a lot on Instagram, like highlighting other fat people and other people with different types of bodies a lot. So I think um, that's a very cool use of her space. Some more about her. She's not fat. She is a woman of color. She is an um, eating disorder survivor. And I would say that I think she's a solid model of how ED survivors can sort of like fit into the body positive movement. Because I think there's a lot of discussion online about like, are ED survivors who are like not fat taking up too much space? And like, what does that look like? And how do we sort of navigate those two communities that intersect but are not the same thing and so i think she does a good job of being like this is my experience this is a lot of people with ed's um experiences but it's not the same as being a fat person like feeling quote-unquote fat is not the same as living a life as a fat person or living in a disabled body and so like she highlights people who have had those experiences a lot which i think is cool her specific focus is like identifying diet culture so like she has chapters about a lot of the things that are sold on instagram like fit tees or like waist trainers and stuff like that and how those things can like seem sort of like innocent but are actually indicative of like a greater cultural phenomenon of diet culture i also see a lot of things that are like we don't need any more 101 and like we're beyond this and blah blah blah, and like this is not for you and blah and i'm always like okay but you know some people are still out like there's a reason that fit t still exists and it's popping like they're doing well they're a multi-million dollar corporation (laughs) like a lot of people are not into this and they don't know anything about it and i don't want to explain to them and so i want One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
her to go ahead and explain yeah. to them. That's fine with if me. If she has it in her, like, please buy the book and yeah. support her because it's hard work. And, like, again, she's going through, like, her years and years of trauma within her own body in the hopes of educating other people. And it's just, like, it's important. I think you can acknowledge where you are in your journey while also not disregarding that other people, like, you have to have a day one at some point. Yeah. Like, everybody has to have the realization that, like, you don't have to do this. I see that a, a lot of times, I feel like, in some leftist circles that are just like, why isn't everyone a graduate degree in this yet? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like well, why? What are you <laughs> talking about? Why would you assume that? But yeah, but also like this author is not fat. There are a lot of people who are not fat who are like at the forefront of body positivity. And that is not great. But also I think that Megan in particular does a good job of like acknowledging that and not yeah. dismissing those conversations that I have seen other people be like, my life is valid too. And you know, we've talked about this stuff in the past. I'm it's, honestly happy to have someone who's not fat take the brunt of that. That would be great. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think this book would be great for like let's say you have a cousin who's like always talking about how she's on keto and like testing her pee or whatever the fuck (laughs) she's always like talking about waist trainers and she like bought kim kardashian's appetite suppressant lollipop if you think there's a potential there for her to pass or that whoever they are to possibly unlearn some of that um behavior that they've learned this might be a good start it's a short book it's easy read and i think really impactful next book i want to talk about is the body is not an apology the power of radical self-love by sonia renee taylor um so we share some language there we are also a radical self-love platform so shout out to sonia for sharing that interest a little bit about sonia so she is a self-love educator and founder of the body is not an apology which started i think as like a facebook page and now it's a full digital media company it's amazing um yeah it's just grown a lot she is black woman she does do spoken word that's actually like good No wow. shade, no shade to our listeners out there, but I've really sat through a lot of excruciating uh, spoken word. But yeah. she does some cool stuff with the form, um, and she teaches workshops around the world about body liberation. Basically, this book again is like a little bit part workbook, part self help book. She's very like radical in her approach, like as as you can tell from her tagline. So a lot of her stuff is like you should go from like how to go from hating your body to like worshiping your body, which Whoa. I'm like, wow, that's like that's a, a big goal. That's a big goal, <laughs> and she definitely like. I don't think I worship anything. I, I don't I, I that's a real stretch for me but it's it's interesting to see her sort of like teach people how to reframe basically how they see their bodies that's in awesome. a way that seems lofty but actually I think she accomplishes it in the book so this is beyond body positivity 101 like I mentioned like it's a little bit more lofty than like the intro books you've mentioned so far it's more like concrete steps on the unlearning process so it's like you think this way you could think this way mm-hmm. here's a page on how to like think about that okay. and then here's a workbook page on how to like work through that and you know so I think that that is an interesting way to sort of uh, position the book is like let's say you know about body positivity you're on board but you want to get more into the personal side of of like the self-love the self-love part but she also places a lot of emphasis on like the intersectionality and on making sure that people are taking that step from body image and working on that to okay how can i help for body liberation for other people so she did this interview with the root that i thought was pretty cool where she kind of summarized how she felt about intersectionality So I will read a bit of that now. We've made body positivity a very sort of middle-aged or millennial white woman's experience about how she feels about wearing a size 16. And there's space for that. I want you to feel great about your size 16. And I also need body positivity to mean that black people are not afraid of being indiscriminately killed during routine traffic stops because I need to be able to feel positive that my black body is safe
safe in the world. I need trans folk to be able to use the bathroom that identifies with the gender they identify with because that is part of being positive in their bodies. I need mental illness to be destigmatized because that's part of being in being positive in one's body. Um, so I think she just did a great job there of summarizing the thing that bothers me most about body positivity that I'm like, I think it's important that you feel good about yourself, but also like, especially during it's 2018. intersectional safety. It's, it's like, you got to be able to see how it's about more than you feeling uncomfortable in your body and more about like how people's bodies are getting them like killed and yeah. can make someone's life unbearable. Um, so she does a great job with that. So that is the body is not an apology. Awesome. What is next? Um, we were sent this beautiful big workbook and card deck that go together called the Reclaiming Beauty Journal and Wisdom Deck by Heidi Anderson with illustrations by Leah Joy. And this is like for you or your like cool like aunt who's part of a knitting circle. <laughs> That's exactly correct. It's like, <laughs> it's very pretty and very artsy. It's like for someone who has like done some meditation and maybe has like a scarf with a feather print on it, you know, it's all about kindness practices towards yourself, affirmations. There's journaling prompts. There's like little things in there with like stuff about different cultures and you can like draw a card from the deck and then that's the thing you meditate on for the day. It's basically perfect for someone who's looking for a more meditative and like compassion meditation focused approach to self-love and somewhat body positivity, but it's more like the meditation, like mindfulness, mm -hmm. compassionate mindfulness version of it. Would you consider going through a book like that to be like a form of self-care? Oh, for sure. Okay, cool. This is like, you know, doing the other stuff is like doing work on yourself intellectually. And this is like doing work on being kind to yourself, but not in a bubble bath way. Like some of the journaling prompts that I saw were like, what are the toxic things you think about your body and like why are you so mean to yourself okay perfect it's like that kind of thing yeah. you know which that can um, also be work but i appreciate that it's work. like more of a calming environment to do that in yeah it's like less raw raw and it's more like let's take a second and breathe okay you know what i mean mm -hmm. which is nice that's very nice and I very needed yeah i like it and like we're very appreciative that was sent to us as well okay moving on to our next category we're okay. blasting through yes we are um, fiction books. I wanted to talk about a few of the ones that are highly recommended in our Facebook group and also by me and also by some others. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about them now because we're going to do an episode later about Dumplin. Um, all about Dumplin. All about Dumplin when the Netflix movie comes out. Incredible. So exciting. Yes. Um, but both Dumplin and Puddin by Julie Murphy are amazing fat positive like protagonist books by a fat woman. Um, she's written a bunch of other books too. She's just great. I love her. We love you, Julie. Love being able to have a model for what it looks like to consciously write a fat character who is like body positive, but on a journey. Like yeah. clearly she made a lot of distinct decisions to be like intentional about what that would look like. Yeah. So it's cool to see. And they're good books. They're good books. They're, Julie's a great writer. Very vivid. Can't wait for the movie. Love Dolly um, Parton. Yes. Um, also, Leah on the Offbeat has been recommended several times. It's by Becky Albertalli. Um, I know she and Julie Murphy like went on tour together, so that's a good recommendation in my opinion. Dietland is like an older pick, but I just want to remind people that Dietland and the TV show Dietland exist. Um, it did get canceled. It did get canceled, Boo. unfortunately, but like we still highly wreck. Um, and then this one 
one that I talked about, I think last season reading is The Summer of Jordi Perez by Amy Spalding, which is a really fun light YA book. And it's perfect for anyone who loves YA, who loves LA, who loves burgers, or who loves um, queer teen love stories. So she wrote it for you. Yeah, (laughs) it's the best. I really enjoyed it. It was like very fun and light and a really nice example of how to write a, a teen chubby character who's like sometimes insecure but sometimes not but it's like not it's not really about that it's just part of her character okay you know very cool it's more about her just like figuring out she likes a girl (laughs) i don't like how you said that (laughs) likes a girl girl. (laughs) i love it incredible so those are my little ya and other fiction book recommendations again there's like so many more which i'm glad about honestly yeah. like there i feel like there is an uh, abundance of fat narratives which i'm excited about because again people have never read books by fat people about yeah. fat people so now they have the opportunity mm-hmm. whether or not they'll take it a separate conversation <laughs> yes here's some other categories of books that were recommended by people in that facebook group which again is team paisley moo moo um, on our Patreon page. Uh, a couple people in the group actually are librarians, which is cool. Um, and somebody recommended for kids books, this book called The Belly Book by Fran Manushkin, illustrated by Dan Yaccarino, um, which has different kinds of bellies in it and like different colors of people's bellies, which is cool. Something about those two people's names just made me hungry. So I need to like unpack why. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Okay. Like, mm, Yaccarino. Um, mm. that, oh my God. <laughs> what? Not sure keep going okay um and also in that discussion um there's two links that we're going to put in the show notes here um one is for an organization called diverse books that pushes for different kinds of diverse representation in children's books which is really cool they seem like a cool organization to donate to if you're looking for something like that or volunteer with and then also just this article about the importance of um diverse representation in kids books Next, some romances. I don't really read romance novels, but I know a lot of people do. Um, But someone recommended this book, Bet Me, by Jennifer Cruzy. And also Talia Hibbert's books are romances with fat protagonists. Incredible. Um, Someone recommended this urban fantasy novel, The Dana Series, by S.M. Wren or Rhine. Um, And then um, this short story collection called The Strange History of Suzanne LaFleche and Other Stories of Women in Fatness, which was edited by Susan Koppelman, which sounds really cool, actually. And then we have some book tip jars that we got in our email inbox. And again, we have not read these. Do you want to read these out? Absolutely. Okay, so the first one we got is called Princess Ben by Catherine Gilbert Murdoch. So here is a little summary sent from one of our lovely Hannahs. A YA book about a princess named Ben who learns how to do magic. She always remains fat, finds love despite that, not because of it, and happiness. It's the first and only book I've read that dealt with weight in the way it had. Cool. So that is Princess Ben. The next one is Slashing Mona Lisa by D.M. Barr. So this one is a romantic suspense slash murder mystery that involves the body acceptance and anti-body shaming movement. So if you happen to go seek out these books, please let us know. I want to hear how they are. I want to hear what are your faves that we miss, and we will include them in future tip jars. I'm excited these exist. Me too. I'm happy. Um, And now that we've given you our recommendations and our roundup, um, our friend Julie Murphy, who we talked about before is here to give us her recommendations and her thoughts on writing fat characters 
Hey, Sophie and April. This is Julie Murphy. Um, fat representation is getting better in young adult, but there's, okay, so there's not much to compare it to since, uh, just a few years ago, there was little to no positive fat representation at all. I mean, some days I feel like it's one step forward and two steps back, but I gotta think that even the fact that we're starting to see people question what good fat representation looks like is progress in and of itself. At the same time, though, I... (laughs) Um, selfishly want all the fat books and I want them now. Uh, like where's my dragon slaying fat girl? Why don't we have that yet? Uh, there, I mean, there are people out there though, putting out really good work. Like, um, my favorites and good friends of mine are, uh, Renee Watson, Amy Spaulding, Isabel Quintero, Lily Anderson, and of course, Becky Albertalli. As far as, uh, good representation, and putting representation in my own books. Um, Writing any kind of representation is scary. Even when it's your own marginalization, I actually think that somehow makes it worse. There's like this unspoken pressure of wanting to do right by your community. And something I had to learn really early on was that my work couldn't be everything for everyone. Um, I think one of the easiest pitfalls, though, is the idea of the single story narrative. It's really easy to forget how important it is to show multiple fat characters or queer or people of color because uh, there's no single way to be any of those things. So I just try to be mindful of that and do my best. Uh, in the end, I'm just one white lady, though, who turns out a book every year. So we need more in general and especially more diverse voices. I want everyone to find a home in a book. I want everyone to be able to look at one book on their shelves at least and say, that was a moment when I felt seen. But I have to be real with myself too and know that I can't cover all that territory. But I can do my best to use my platform. Oh my gosh, I hate the phrase platform. But use my platform to like lift up new and upcoming voices. As far as um, YA books that I would like to recommend... Uh, it's not out yet, but Renee Watson co-authored an incredible book with Ellen Hagen called Watch Us Rise, and I think it comes out early 2019, but you can get online and pre-order it, like, right now. Amy Spaulding also has a great little queer rom-com about a fashion-obsessed girl in LA called Jordi Perez and the Best Burger in Los Angeles. I think the book that took me by surprise, though, recently in the best way possible was Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson. Um, It's about a fat girl who dabbles in witchcraft and brings her murdered friend back to life with another unexpected dead girl, and they solve both their murders. I've, I've written about fatness, which is relevant and important, but as a fat consumer... Uh, seeing Lily's book release was really amazing because it was like, yes, finally, a fat character who's just having a fucking adventure. I don't know. It was really great and really exciting, and, you know, we need more of it. As for Will's favorite young adult book, I'm going to be super controversial here and say she's probably a closeted Twilight stan. Um, I have a soft spot for Twilight, and I bet that Will does too. Uh, I mean, we all have our problematic faves, right? I bet she also really loves Jenny Han's books because, like, who doesn't? Okay, that's all I got. Thank you both so much. I adore you. Yeah, follow Julie on Instagram. Support Julie. We love Julie. Bang icon. <laughs> For real, though. Yes, great bangs. For real. Um, okay, so what would be your ideal fat book? 
I think the the perfect uh, recipe that I like is like it's a fat character. It's not only about her fatness, but it does inform the story. Like I think that's what I'm here for. So I want to see like a fat woman of color who like falls in love with a guy who's like or whoever that's like somebody's very hot and supportive of her but she like rejects him at first because she wants to like you know improve her own life and follow whatever her dream is perhaps being a musician (laughs) perhaps being a witch um and and she you know reaches self-actualization and changes her hair a lot and finds herself that's Mm -hmm. what i want more of that how about you I would say similar. I also want something that has like cute illustrations and outfits. I love outfits. <laughs> I love outfits. I really like. I was watching like going through my Netflix queue, and it's just like ladies talking to each other in cute outfits. Yeah, that's all I that's want. That's all I want too. <laughs> like, I love that. So good. I'm excited about all these books. I really like giving these roundups. I hope people find them useful. I hope people like these books, and I hope people read them and support fat authors and fat stories and find value in them and give them to their kids or their moms or whatever. Well, that's the meat of it for this week. We have let y'all know about fat books in 2018. You're You're welcome. Today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by Tomboy X. We love Tomboy X, you love Tomboy X, and fall is just around the corner. So why not get yourself some new fall underwear? Tomboy X has lots of styles, cuts, colors, and prints, from bikinis to boxer briefs to trunks, as well as super comfy bras, and all options come in extra small to 4X. Whatever kind of underwear you want, Tomboy X has got your butt covered. The materials they use to make underwear are all eco-friendly, from the quick-dry moisture-wicking fabrics of their active wear line to the super soft micro-modal fabric in the neutrals line. We also love that Tomboy X works with women-owned factories and makes sure that everything they make is ethically produced. We stand a comfy, cute, ethical undie. My favorite around-the-house outfit is my old athletic shorts and a Tomboy X sports bra. I love the one I have with its cute rainbow band under my chest. It's comfy, supportive without being restrictive, and the Exact right vibe for singing karaoke in my mirror. I love that the neutrals line is a truly wide spectrum of colors and shades. It's very rare to see such a diverse spectrum of shades. When I try on my shade number two bralette and boy short set for the very first time, the color matched me so well I could have sworn I was actually nude. This is a new code, so listen up. Go to tomboyx.com slash SAF2018 and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. She's All Fat listeners get an extra 15% off with code SAF2018. Again, code SAF2018 for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash SAF2018. And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. So this week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. And even though it is not a voice memo, I will read it. Here we are. I just wanted to get your opinion on Jamila Jamil's hashtag I weigh movement. Jamila is a street size actress on The Good Place. Her movement has recently gained media att- attraction for being inclusive of all body types and encouraging people to look at how they talk about and treat their bodies. She's also gotten attention for calling out the Kardashians for promoting things like tummy teas and meal suppressant lollipops. What is y'all's take on this? Okay. All right. Hannah, thank you for this question, first <laughs> of all. 
can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually was talking about this the other day with a friend who's a writer, Tesvia Herwees. Um, follow her on, in- on Instagram and Twitter. She's iconic. Um, but listen. <laughs> yeah. I love The Good Place. We both love The Good Place. Best show on television by far. If we're going to have the conversation we started having in the meat of it this week about 101s, I think Jamila is a great 101 for a lot of people. I think she is trying her best to talk about body positivity and shit but honestly half the time she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about no not at all and she posts <laughs> a lot of like in real time apologies which yes. makes me laugh oh my god she's, she's like always oh, getting in fights always getting fights and then she'll post a notes app apology where she's like didn't realize that i erased x sort of history by this person and then she also proposed that like she make a new name for the movement she's starting and like it was life called, positivity like life positivity or something which <laughs> just makes me laugh about? i'm like what yeah. but it always makes me laugh where she's just like i weigh friendship <laughs> I weigh the money I give to nonprofit organizations. <laughs> like, oh what? my god! So here's the thing: like, because of her positionality is like gorgeous, thin Indian woman yeah. who a lot of people are paying attention to. Of course, I think like I think honestly, it's probably a net positive that yeah. she's talking about these things. But like the nitty gritty of it is just like it's ridiculous. I'm not tweeting. I'm I weigh no. the love of my grandmother. It's never happening. I'm so sorry. Jeez. But but again, um, like some people really need it. Like a friend, yeah. an anonymous friend who works in the industry told us that um in the entertainment industry told us that some they execs that they know like talked about this and discussed it as she just wants to be told she's pretty <laughs> so like some people still wow. need to hear this message you know what i mean wow, 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 like a wow. lot of people aren't even on this level that's funny and i also will give her credit for the fact that she talks about in some interviews that like she used to be i mean she was never fat but she used to be kind of chubby and like she ended up losing weight but she doesn't talk about it in the before and after way we talked about last week where it's like and then i started living my life yes. like she just talks about it as like you know bodies change and that's fine yeah which i appreciate because most people who lose weight like do not do that mm-hmm. um my only potential qualm with this thing besides how ridiculous it's it so is silly. it's just that i think it's the same thing of uh a lot of women get into body positivity through the like body image lane yes. and then never leave the lane yeah and so like i just think it's important that's like okay you're working on yourself that's very important that said donald trump is gonna get us all killed yeah. all my family members are worried about getting deported yeah. <laughs> like i'm worried about being shot in the face yeah so intersectionality is important and i'm not i'm not sure that her movement is explicitly about that which is fine doesn't have to be everything yeah but i just think this is your entry point that's cool but you gotta also keep moving and yeah. progressing i'm also just like yeah a lot of this stuff people will be like wow so simplistic blah blah yeah. and i'm like yeah Yes, I agree. But also, I don't give a shit if this is what changes someone's mind. Yeah. And this you know is, I mean? again, this might be the first time they might like love the good place, follow her, and be like, I don't have to be on a diet. Yeah. What? I'm sure that's like thousands of people, which yeah. sounds fake, but is real. I could not stand that one week when the video interview, interview of her was like all over oh, yeah. Twitter. Mm-hmm. I was like, shut up. <laughs> but like, you know what? Not for me, for other people. But yeah, I will never be participating in hashtag <laughs> I way. Unfortunately, I, I think <laughs> I take myself slightly too seriously for that. <laughs> Can't do it. Hashtag I weigh my grandmother's hands or whatever. But what would would yours be? Um, Hashtag I weigh. uh. (laughs) Honestly, I weigh 
the weight of someone who's had a cheeseburger every two days for the past 20 years. Yeah. I like, I don't really understand the concept because it's still saying that like your seriousness comes, is talked about in weighing words. It's I don't like, totally get the idea behind it. But I think basically what it is, is like, instead of can, measuring your self-worth in pounds, you measure it in pounds of friendship. Yeah. It just <laughs> really makes of. me think of seasons of love. That's the only thing. I'm just like, I'm expecting her to be like, I weigh in minutes, in seconds, <laughs> in midnights, in cups of coffee. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, so anyway, those are our thoughts. But yeah, watch The Good Place. <laughs> watch The Good Place. Like, at the end of the day, whatever, The Good Place is the greatest television show on the planet. Yeah. That's all I care about. And she is really beautiful. Truly. Another bang icon. Bang icon. Wow, great bangs. Lovely great bangs. bangs. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you for sending that question in, Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. Now let's move on to It's Okay You Can Ask, a segment where the only rule is to make me squirm. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions, like why do white people always say the phrase, I'm going to butcher this, before attempting to pronounce a person of color's <laughs> name. Rude. <laughs> like, well, I'm strapped because I'm going to butcher this. It's horrible. Okay, or mm-hmm. what words should I use to describe your current hairstyle? <laughs> <laughs> that part makes me giggle. Okay, you know so, so, it's my turn this yes. week. And I have a question that is sort of the reverse of something we talked about in last week's episode. Okay. So, okay. we've talked a lot about how the ultimate traitor of 2018 is white women. Right. <laughs> and again, like, I'm not here to make you feel better. Hannah's at home. Like, you know what you did. Okay. <laughs> Yep. And we're here. Um, so I'm wondering, like, as a white woman who is trying her best, number one, like, how do you navigate that feeling of, like, it was us? Like, it wasn't specifically you, but, like, it was us. And, like, what do you do with it, basically? You should see the face Sophia's speaking. It's like a robot who's died. Like, if you've seen Big Hero 6, when he's, like, deflating. So um, that's what she's making but honestly i'm curious because i'm reading this book by rebecca traster about rage i'm wondering like i'm sure you feel rage towards other white women and we've Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about how like sometimes it can feel fruitless to have those conversations but i mean more on a personal level like i can't imagine what it would be like if i found out that all black women were like secret agents and we're like betraying each other you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like you thought that we're all on the same page and it's actually not the case so i'm wondering like what does that feel like? I'm so sorry that that <laughs> deflated you so hard. And what do you do with it? Like, what do you do with the the feeling, the rage or whatever you feel? Ugh. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. I mean, 2018, this is us on NBC or whatever, you know? Yikes. It's us. It's us in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Yeah. You're looking at the blonde in the mirror and she fucked up and her I, dad's Nazi. <laughs> you know? Like I think I've said before on the pod, I personally struggle with this also because, like, my group chat of my best female friends, I'm the only white one. <laughs> and <laughs> thank God. <laughs> well, so I don't feel like I can talk about this specifically because um, nobody cares. I don't know. I mean, it sucks. Like, because, you know, I mean, there's so many things that I'm constantly working to, like, de-learn. Uh, unlearn. Unlearn. So close, so. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> unlearn and, like, do better on and stuff. And it's just very frustrating. It, like, kind of feels like when you're in school and then the teacher's like, well, you ruined that for everyone. And you're just <laughs> oh like, my God, God damn it. <laughs> that was a horrible feeling. You know what I mean? Wow. It's just like, okay, great. Like, now the whole grade is going to be pissed at this class because we didn't turn in our homework. <laughs> like, it's that feeling. Oh, my God. Um, But, like, worse because there's, like, death <laughs> yeah, involved. higher stakes for sure. Um. Yeah, it's, like, not good. Because it makes me just feel, like, suspicious and, like, kind of alone. Mm -hmm. Because, like, 
it takes away the kind of female solidarity feeling that it's easy for women to have. You know, the thing that that when you're drunk leads to like complimenting each other's outfits in the bathroom. Yes, very you know true. I mean? Very true. But now I'm like, I don't even want to do that because I don't know if you're a traitor. <laughs> You know? Wow, I didn't even think of that, that it would affect the bathroom It just affects that ritual. for me, because I'm, yeah. especially as someone whose family is wealthy, and so, like, I'm usually in pretty bougie spaces, mm-hmm. and so, like, I'm always just like, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? And also, like, I just don't, you know, even, I, we've talked about this before off air, but, like, working in entertainment, a lot of older white women especially are very, like, women who have made it in the boys club and then their attitude is like you got to be like the boys club to make it in the boys club Mm -hmm. and i'm i don't drive with that at all Mm -mm. and so this just feels even more like that where i'm just like i don't know who i can trust and then i don't want to lean on women of color and so i'm just like cool well gotta just like talk about it all the time until i find other people who are like aligned with me and then also do all this work to like clean up other white women and then also just like I don't want to deal with white men either. Yeah, no, nobody does. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. It's rough. Like, I really, part of the re- stuff that was so upsetting to me about Kavanaugh stuff was, like, all the white women who were, like, I support him, who were around him, you know? And I just, like, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there, I don't know either. There's not much to say about it. It just fucking know. sucks. I don't and know what that would look, even feel like. It's just not good. I mean, I, like, I don't like any of my choices. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> my choices are, like... Try to make, try to do work with other white women, which I do, but like that, like is bad and hard and sad. And I also kind of honestly have like very mixed feelings about how much progress can be made through having arguments. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's more like I can watch for other white women doing harm and try to mitigate that harm as much as possible. I don't really think talking to someone like in the grocery store is going to prevent them from being racist. You know what I <laughs> Especially mean? Especially they're not open to change. Some people already made their mind up. Yeah. yeah. So like I can do a, what I do focus on is doing a lot of like, you know, I have friends who will come to me and be like, hey, can you help me think through this specific thing or whatever? But that's people who are like already well-meaning in the good sense of the word, mm-hmm. like people who are trying to do research and stuff on their own. The people who aren't, I don't know, just makes me feel more alone. We like, cool, well, I'm not accepted like in the way, and I don't have sisterhood or whatever yeah. in the way that women of color do. And I also can't trust other white women really. So like, I just have to find the specific mother white women. I don't know. So <laughs> it's sorry. hard. It sounds horrible. It's, um, it's all bad. And so... The end. <laughs> but I appreciate you like caring about that, that it would be hard for me. Um, it does suck. And I hope that there's some more guideposts and signposts forward because as we talk about a lot, I do think white people and white women like need spaces to regroup and recover and like figure out how we're working on this stuff and I don't think we've done a good job creating those because people who are aware of this shit are spending all of our time trying to triage the things that we see do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and the triaging does is not self-reflection the triaging Mm -hmm. is like getting in the way between Nazis and people of color Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like that clearly has to come first and then we need to spend time like hanging out and being like yeah that's weird huh (laughs) <laughs> like when does the healing happen for white women outside of like a four thousand dollar wellness retreat? Right, and that's not helpful either. <laughs> no, you know. So 
I just don't know that we have it. I don't feel like I have a good path yet for it. And it is very disconcerting, but I hope that somebody soon will tell me what to do (laughs) and then I'll do it. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, I think part of it is just that I know that I can't be trusted Mm -hmm. totally. And so. Absolutely (laughs) not. Excuse me? I'm going to say. I said, absolutely not. Wow. (laughs) But because I don't trust myself totally with this stuff, just because I'm aware of everything that I'm like, why would I trust her? Yeah. She doesn't know more than me, probably. I read a lot, (laughs) you know? I don't know. Yeah. All right. I guess the only good white woman is Natalie Walker. You're going on a second date with him? Wow. Hey, do you mind if I call you back? I'm actually Skyping you from an exercise bike. I don't know why I picked up the phone. It's very unwieldy. It's almost like there's some outside force trying to lazily prove that I have hobbies and interests outside of you. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Sorry. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Special thanks to our fairy intern mother, Lynn Barbara and our brand new intern Kirsten Berg. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! By Catherine Gilbert. Hmm? Hello. Sorry, I just hit the pop filter. My bad. Sorry. That sounded like someone was knocking on the so door sorry. of my brain. I was like, did so someone sorry. ring the doorbell Not of my brain? <laughs> Who's there? That's how it felt. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.